Hi, there are people who think that use of the word dispensation is a superimposition over scripture of something that is foreign. That is not true. Stay tuned. Hello, I'm Dr. Nathaniel Wilson, and I'm glad to be with you today on All Things Apostolic. Yesterday, we started talking about and discussing dispensations. Now, we've been talking about that on All Things Apostolic for several weeks, maybe a couple months, off and on. And if you want um, to get a pretty, a, a fairly in-depth discussion of each dispensation, you can go back in the All Things Apostolic archives and you can find those. Uh, Pastor Jeremy Wilbanks and Pastor Miles Young have done some of those. Some of those we've done together in a three-way discussion about these things. But dispensations are basically a way of looking at Scripture and identifying where there have been progressing uh, progressive steps in which God has moved towards preconceived thoughts of what he sees the future becoming, of, of his intentions for the future, and that there are these, these identifiable epical periods when God is dealing with man in a particular way, when God is managing his house. If you haven't listened to yesterday, you need to go listen to yesterday before you listen to today. But it's a, it's a, a way, a period of time that God is managing his house in a specific and particular way. We've already seen that this is the way the Bible sees human governance primarily is through a household governance. You have to go back yesterday to be able to get exactly what we're talking about. And so um, these progressions are called dispensations because the word dispensation in the Bible is used and interpreted dispensation at least four times and also interpreted as stewardship at least three times in the Gospels. And so the word behind all of that, though, of dispensation is the Greek word oikonomia. The word oikonomia comes from two Greek words. One is oiko, which is house, and the other is nomos, or nomos, which is law. And so it is house law. It is administration of the house in a way that uh, that has been identified is the correct way for that period of time. And as the house is managed and as it grows, those, those guidelines, those directions, those house laws can be adjusted. They can be changed to, uh, 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 to match the advancement of the house into the future. And so this is, this is what we propose to you that is the way God has managed his household. In other words, here's a simple example. Adam, before the fall, was in a period of time, a dispensation in which God dealt with man and earth in a particular way. Adam had access to God. Adam walked with the Lord in the cool of the day. There was no uh, uh, static between him and God. After the fall... God deals with Adam in a different way, and Eve, and the world, and the devil, and the serpent. God deals with him in a different way than he did prior to the fall. 
and he identifies the changes that will take place. The earth now will bring forth weeds, and man will live by the sweat of his brow, and woman will have pain in childbirth, and 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 Satan shall crawl on his belly, the snake shall crawl on his belly, and all of the a reduction, a, a reducing of him. And so all of these are, I mean, we would have to say they are radical changes over the way God administered his household prior to the fall than after the fall. Those those changes are identified very clearly for us in uh, in the curses that we just talked about that were placed upon man, woman, the earth, and the serpent. And so you can you can find that as you move along through history, the way God dealt with the human race with Noah's time is different than the way God dealt with the human race with Abraham's time. Now, there was always constants to be saved once Adam fell to be, to be in right standing with God. There were three things that were always required. One was faith, one was obedience, and one was blood. Those three are constant throughout when we're talking about salvation when we're talking about man's relationship to God and God's relationship to man. Faith, obedience, and blood were always three things regardless of which dispensation you're talking about. So God deals different in Noah's time than he does in Abraham's time. So we talk about the Noahic uh, dispensation when Noah was there, and which was human government, and then we talk about the dispensation when Abraham was there, which he was the first of the patriarchs. The patriarchs were Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, his 12 sons. It was a patriarchal dispensation. That's how God called Abraham. He said, I'm calling you out. I'm going to make your house my nation. And so, and so it is a patriarchal dispensation, or other words for it, our family that's actually one of the ways that some people identify this dispensation, the family dispensation. Or it's sometimes called the dispensation of promise because God made all of these promises to Abraham of what God was going to do for him. And so when you see this, these are, these are epical shifts that take place in Scripture. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to see them. You don't have to make up some theological system to see them. It's not some construct that is man-made superimposed over Scripture. It's easy for you to see these changes. And then with the coming of the law, the Mosaic law um, at Mount Sinai, there is a greatly advanced and much more complex system of sacrifice in which faith and obedience and blood is manifested. And so the dispensation of law the period of time that God deals with man called law, is, is, is considerably different than the time that it was with Abraham. It, it advances. It gets broader. The understanding of what God expects gets greater. In Abraham's day, there was no unveiling of what, the, of what worship uh, of God looked like in heaven. But in Moses' day, God says, you make a tabernacle just like this, and you do everything just as is shown to you, like I showed to you in the mount by revelation. And he said, you're making it after the pattern of the tabernacle in heaven. Well, none of that had ever been in the previous dispensation. But now here in, in the uh, dispensation of law, uh, in the Mosaic period with Moses and Mount Sinai and the giving of the law, 
All of this is stuff that was, in essence, new to these people. Uh, However, it really wasn't something that was contradictory to anything in the past. Far from it. It was an advancement in showing through the complexity of Revelation how broad and deep and what the expectations of God were and what the blessings to man was. And so from law to grace, there is, a, there is another epical shift that takes place. Again, these are not something superimposed upon Scripture. These are things that are easily seen when you just look at your Bible. And I've used uh, previously the Scripture in Galatians 4.4, but this shows a shift from law to grace. It says, but when the fullness of the time was come, So there was a period called the dispensation of law or the period of law. But when the fullness of time was come, there was a shift from law to what we call grace. And the Bible says when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law. So the dispensation of grace or the period of grace, whatever you want to call it, dispensation is a translation of the Greek word used in the Bible. That's why we use that word. And so uh, there is a transition here where God came to redeem them that were under the law that they might receive the adoption of sons. So there's, there's an obvious transition there. And when we talk about it being a dispensational transition, we're simply talking about the house laws by which God governed his house advanced in a progressive manner from period to period. This shouldn't be hard to understand, and it's certainly not hard to see in Scripture. And then there is an end to this, is, this dispensation that we're in is called the dispensation of grace. It's also been called the dispensation of the church. And early on, it was also called the dispensation of the Spirit because the Holy Spirit came and this entire period of time is characterized by the outpouring, the leading, and the guiding, and the gifts, uh, and uh, the fruit of the Spirit. And so this is a period of time that this is how we live. However, we know that it is not the end. We know that it's going to go beyond this. And these epical shifts are going, there's going to be another epical shift. And when you see all of this in Scripture, you begin to see words like, for example, God said that the Holy Spirit given to us is the earnest of our inheritance, which presupposes by the very use of the word earnest or down payment that there is a coming something other. That is a fulfillment of what is started where we're at. The earnest of our inheritance is what we've received. And the word is used uh, several times in the New Testament to indicate these things. And so when we talk about the earnest of our inheritance, the Bible says that the Lord who hath also sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. So this is obviously the earnest of the Spirit. There's more to come. What is here now in this particular period of time or dispensation, there is, it's leading, it's progressing to another. Ephesians 1.13 says, Ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased 
possession unto the praise of his glory. So what we have now in the Holy Spirit, and as wonderful as it is, it is the earnest of the fullness of the inheritance, which isn't only going to be spirit infilling, but the, the products of the results of that in, infilling that, and that coming of the spirit to earth, uh, the, the impact of that throughout the entire earth, the inheritance uh, that we have until, until the redemption of the purchased possession. So all of this indicates this that we're talking about, which is there is a movement forward. There's a long list of scriptures, for example, that which predicted in the Old Testament a day coming of spirit infilling. And when you go back to the Old Testament and look at these scriptures, Acts, uh, rather Joel 228, 29, and Isaiah 28, 11, and 12, and Jeremiah 31 and 33, and on and on. There's other scriptures, Ezekiel 37 and, and more, and Zechariah. All of these scriptures are pointing to a time in the future. There is this progressive unfolding, and the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit would come. This day finally comes at Pentecost, and it entailed a whole new way of governance of God's household and of the human social life. All of this comes in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is where we are now governed from within. It's a change. God governed his house from without, which was not as good. It was not near as good as now God governs his house from within. For example, you don't have to lock your door at night if I'm in town for fear that I'm going to break in and steal something because I have the cop inside of me. I have the governor inside of me, and that governor governs what I do. I don't need cops. I don't need soldiers. I don't need overseers to make sure that I don't transgress against my fellow man or steal or rob. All of this is is out because the Holy Spirit is within the believer. And so this is a radical change from when law was here. And this is a change in how God's operating his household God is operating his household now differently than he did under the Mosaic law. And if that's not a dispensational shift, I don't know what else it would be aptly called than that. And there's many other things in the Old Testament that show a progression. It talks about the day of the Lord. It's a day that's characterized by numerous things, but more than any other thing, it's characterized by doom. And there is coming a day when the doom of the day of the Lord will hit the earth. Jesus talks about it. He says it'll be a time such as there's never been. It's a, it's a time of tribulation such as there's never been. And so all of these, Paul talks about the law being nailed to the cross and, and grace supersedes the law. All of this lets us know that God's kingdom is in a progressive movement forward. And that progressive movement forward is identified as succeeding dispensations. So remember, the word dispensation is not something foreign to Scripture. It is not something superimposed over Scripture. It is as organic to Scripture as anything one is able to find.